Grr, porch pirates. Every improvement, like online buying and home delivery, seems to bring with it an associated problem. Just how much privacy are we willing to give up for convenience? Welcome to this science fiction podcast from Third Flatiron Publishing in Boulder, Colorado and Air, Scotland. Today we're presenting the short story, The U.S. Portal Service, by Brenda Kizar. We guarantee you'll never look at your refrigerator the same way again. Brenda lives in North Dakota with her husband and three dogs. During the day, she works as an animal care tech, taking care of mice in a university research department. As a writer, she dabbles in horror, fantasy, and science fiction, usually served with a dash of humor. This prophetic satire first appeared in the anthology Brain Games, Stories to Astonish. For more from Third Flatiron, check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe to our podcast. And now, let's join the far-out world of the U.S. Portal Service, read by Samuel Osgood. The U.S. Portal Service by Brenda Keysar. Guys, it happened again. Somebody broke in and ate my goddamn prime rib. The screen door banged behind Charlie as he stepped out onto his front porch. Next door, Gerald and Pete stood beside Dan as he idled his new lawn tractor on his well-manicured lawn. What? Dan scowled and turned off his tractor. Charlie stomped down his steps and across the lawn, his face red and blotchy. The prime rib I had in my fridge. It's gone. Are you sure you didn't eat it and just forgot? None of us are getting any younger, Pete laughed. Gerald chuckled and held up his hands. Don't look at me. Ever since my last cholesterol check, Lisa won't let me touch meat. Knock it off, Charlie scowled. Like I told you before, it's the damn portal worker. He's been in my house again. Come on, Dan said. Why would our portal worker be breaking into your house? Don't they take a vow, Gerald asked? The U.S. Portal Service Oath or something like that? Nah, you're thinking of the old-fashioned postal service. Pete snapped a mock Boy Scout salute. Neither rain nor sleet nor snow, but they don't have to deal with any of that now that they've got delivery portals. Charlie shook his head and started to turn away. I've had enough. Before this goes any further, I'm going to file a complaint. I'll write to the Portal Master General or my congressman. Don't you dare, Gerald grabbed his arm. Don't you remember how bad it used to be? All the porch pirates? I had to rent a locker and pick up my packages on the way home from work. Gerald let go of Charlie's arm and dropped his voice to a near whisper. I hear they shut down portal delivery in places where they got too many complaints. Please don't make them shut down our neighborhood. I've got to do something, Charlie thought a moment, tapping one finger against his chin. Dan, you still got those trail cams? I've got two, Dan said. Rain got inside the third and fried the electronics. Why? Get one for me. I'm going to get proof. As Dan climbed off the mower, Pete backed up out of his way and Charlie noticed the goose egg in the middle of Pete's ever-growing bald spot. What the hell happened to you? Charlie asked as they followed Dan into the garage. Pete grinned and gingerly rubbed the spot on the back of his head. I was getting busy with my Tinder date. I never even heard the portal activate. Next thing I knew, my delivery from that internet shave club slammed me in the back of the head. 
I sure hope the mailman can't see us when those mail portals open or he would have gotten an eyeful. Geez, they should get hazard pay if they have to watch you shaking your hairy ass. Gerald swiveled his hips and laughed. What's your portal generator doing in your bedroom? Charlie asked. Pete grinned sheepishly. Who said it's in my bedroom? There's an idea. Gerald shook his finger at Charlie. Why don't you move your portal to the garage? Might solve your problem. Well, just be careful where you put it. Dan studied the garage shelf for a moment, then pulled a box down and set it on the floor. We had ours near the dog's bed last election cycle. He almost got crushed under a wave of election junk mail one day. Now he runs like his tail is on fire every time he hears the portal engage. They all laughed. You should video it sometime. Put it on YouTube, Gerald suggested. Dan took a trail cam out of the box and handed it to Charlie. I'm just glad he's scared of it. One less thing for me to worry about. I don't want to have to start over housebreaking a new dog. Yeah, my uncle's dog tried to jump through one, Gerald shuddered. You don't want to know. That's a bunch of fear-mongering bullcrap, Pete shook his head. They're afraid it will kill the travel industry if people can just portal from place to place. Right, Gerald snorted. Seriously, think about how long the oil industry has been suppressing any engine that wasn't gas-fed technology. Pete looked around and then leaned in. Want to know what really worries me? Where did they get this technology? Have you ever thought about that? It's so far beyond anything we've developed before. It probably started in some secret Russian lab as a way to move spies around undetected. Man, you and your conspiracy theories. Gerald waved his hand dismissively. They're going to be hauling you away in a damn white coat. And then you and Charlie can share a padded room, Dan snickered. Charlie shook the trail cam at them defiantly. You just wait. I'm going to get proof that sneaky bastard has been coming into my house. You'll see. The next day, Charlie arrived home from work and paused inside the garage to steady himself. This was it, vindication day. The proof could be waiting for him. He took several deep breaths and stepped inside. At first glance, nothing looked out of place, but a faint, earthy smell hung in the air. Patchouli, maybe? Sandalwood? Definitely nothing he used. Someone had been in his house again. He broke into a grin. Over on the coffee table, the new, unread National Geographic magazine he had left there that morning now sat at least two inches closer to the edge of the table. He leaned closer and held his breath. There on the side of the magazine was a brown smudge, and four brown crumbs lay on the table beside the magazine. His heart raced as he ran into the kitchen and threw open the refrigerator. The chocolate cake he had only one piece from now had a solid fourth of the cake gone. The stalker's appetite would be his downfall. Shaking with excitement, Charlie retrieved the trail camera card and went to his computer. He had always assumed his ex-wife's cat did nothing but sleep all day, but the video proved him wrong. The cat apparently did a great deal of random wandering through the house, triggering the trail cam several times. At one point, the cat sat down in the middle of the carpet, threw one fluffy back leg high in the air, and began to lick its nether regions. He glanced over at the cat, currently swishing its tail on the other end of the sofa. Why couldn't you take care of that off camera? Nobody wants to watch you lick your balls for an hour, Charlie growled and hit fast forward. He hated the cat, always had, but his ex-wife had insisted. Some couples have kids to try to salvage their relationship when it goes south. He and Jen had suffered with infertility, so when things began to go south, he bought her a cat. 
It was a big Persian that shed everywhere, and though his actual name was Royal Winchester Barclay III, Jen always referred to him as Mr. Fluffybottom. Charlie called him Fat Ass. Jen hadn't been able to take the cat with her when she left him. His lawyer warned him not to get rid of the cat. It was her property, and the court would judge him harshly in the final divorce disposition if he disposed of her property. For now, he and the cat were stuck with each other. He guessed in a way she had left them both, and they should be allies in their abandonment. But he hated cats. After several minutes of fast-forwarding, the portal began to glow. The video only had a side view because there was no good place to hide the camera looking directly into the portal. Not that it mattered, though, because Charlie was finally going to get proof someone was messing with him. A second later, the video dissolved into snow. What the hell? he barked. He fast-forwarded. More snow. Twenty minutes later, according to the timestamp, the picture came back. It showed his empty living room, portal deactivated, and mail in the basket. The only unusual thing was the cat sitting beside the mail basket, staring at the place where the portal had been, as if waiting for something. After a few seconds, the cat turned and left the frame. Charlie swore, fast-forwarded, but there was nothing else but fat ass occasionally wandering through the living room. The next day, Charlie came home from work and hurried through the garage door. He was anxious to check the camera, but it would have to wait. He had been too eager to get home to bother to use the restroom before leaving work, and now he regretted it. As he ran to the bathroom, his nose again tickled at the faint patchouli-like odor in his house. He walked into the bathroom and froze. The seat was up. Sure, he and Jen had been split up a while, but not long enough for him to fall into bad habits yet. He stepped closer. The water in the toilet was bright gold. That he knew he didn't do. It had to be the portal worker. His stomach soured at the thought. Not only was his portal worker sitting on his couch, reading his magazines, and eating his food, his portal worker was using his bathroom. Next thing you know, his portal worker would be sleeping in his bed and wearing his clothes, if he wasn't already. Charlie used the guest bathroom, then returned and cleaned his own thoroughly. He checked the camera, but once again, the video only showed fat ass passing back and forth through the living room, and only static from the moment the portal lit up until it shut down again. Tomorrow was Saturday, though. Charlie was off Saturday, and he would be ready and waiting when the portal opened. According to the timestamp on the videos, the mail generally came between 1 and 2 o'clock. Charlie pulled one of the wooden dining room chairs in front of the portal generator at 15 minutes to 1. He opened a beer and sat in the chair to wait. Fifteen minutes passed, then twenty, then thirty, then forty-five. The beer had gone straight through him. His back was aching from sitting in the hard chair. He started to wonder if the mail was going to come at all. He checked his watch again and nearly jumped out of his skin when the portal suddenly buzzed into life. The cat ran to the portal. Bathed in the blue glow from the portal, it mewed loudly and then glared at Charlie with a look that clearly said, Why are you in my spot, human? A piece of mail appeared and fell into the basket and drew the cat's attention away from Charlie and back to the portal. There was a pause and then another piece of mail fell. Charlie leaned forward in the chair. He clasped his hands together to keep them from shaking. Hey, you and I need to talk, he said into the portal. As the next piece of mail slowly appeared, the cat reared up and batted at it. The mail dropped into the basket. Look, I don't know if you can hear me or not, but I know what you do when I'm not around. Another piece of mail appeared, half in, half out of the portal. 
Charlie grabbed the protruding end. Stop screwing with the cat and listen to me. Charlie yanked the piece of mail with such force, he wondered if it might pull the worker himself through the portal with it. The piece of mail came through the portal with no resistance against Charlie's momentous tug, and it caused his chair to rock backward and almost spill him out of it. The wobbling of the chair startled the cat, and it disappeared down the hallway. Once Charlie caught his balance, he leapt out of the chair and squatted in front of the portal, peering into its mirror-like surface. The cat tentatively returned and began rubbing back and forth across his knees, as if to apologize for playing with the mail. Hey, he yelled into the portal, are you listening to me? No mail popped through, but the portal didn't vanish either. Was the portal worker listening? I don't know why you picked me, but I want it to stop, you hear me? If it doesn't stop, I'm going to contact the authorities. A single piece of junk mail popped through the portal and fell past Charlie's knees into the basket. You hear me? Charlie asked again. Another piece of junk mail appeared and hung in the air, cut in half by the portal, and then became whole as it fell into the basket. Whoever was on the other side was toying with him. I'm not screwing around anymore. At that moment, perhaps sensing his agitation, the cat rubbed hard enough against Charlie's knees to knock him to the floor. Fucking cat, Charlie hissed. He grabbed the cat by the scruff of the neck and, without thinking, tossed the cat away from him in the general direction of the portal. The cat flew through the air as if in slow motion toward the mirrored surface of the portal. Unlike the male, the cat did not disappear bit by bit into the portal. Instead, the cat hit the portal and was transformed into eight pounds of pulverized blood and guts that flew back into Charlie's face as if he had thrown the cat into a fan made of knife blades. The portal popped out of existence, and the few bits of Mr. Fluffybottom that had stuck to the surface of the portal dropped into the basket. On top of the mail was a wet splat. Charlie struggled to his feet. It looked like someone had left the lid off a blender. Red splatter covered every surface in a ten-foot fan shape in front of the portal. He reached up and swiped a bit of Mr. Fluffybottom off his eyelashes. Holy shit, Jen's never going to believe this. Charlie woke with a cold on Sunday morning and dragged around the house all day. He felt worse on Monday, but still tried to go to work. He made it until lunch and then had to give up and go home. In his driveway, he put the car in park and pressed the button on the garage clicker, but the door didn't lift. He tried it again and realized the remote wasn't even lighting up. Great, what else can go wrong? He tossed the clicker into the passenger seat. He dragged himself out of the car and wobbled around to the side deck, fumbling for his key to the French doors. It had been so long since he had come into the house anyway but the garage, he'd almost forgotten what the key looked like. It took him a few minutes of struggle to find it. As he lifted the key toward the door lock, he glanced through the glass. Inside, he could see his refrigerator door open, and someone in a gray trench coat leaning into his fridge. Rage boiled up in him. His cold forgotten, he threw open the French door and roared out, Got you! The person digging in his fridge straightened up. He, or it, was seven feet tall, thin, and gray-bodied with spindly arms and legs, a bulbous head, and big, black, almond-shaped eyes. It looked straight off the cover of a Roswell tourist pamphlet. Jesus Christ, Charlie sagged. That's not even funny. What if I'd had my gun on me? I could have shot you. The person in the alien costume stood frozen. Funny, Dan. Take off the mask. Charlie took a step closer. The person in the alien costume still didn't move. Joke's over, Pete. It's not funny anymore. 
Charlie stomped toward the person. As he drew closer, he could see it was a damn good costume, movie quality even. Somebody had spent an awful lot of money on this practical joke. Seriously, Charlie reached out and closed his hand around the stick-thin arm, the too-thin arm, the warm, soft-skinned, not-plastic-like-at-all arm. Cinnamon, Charlie croaked. Now, closer and in the presence of his intruder, he recognized the earthy smell as closer to cinnamon. With growing dread, he looked up into the big black eyes as they stared back down at him. Ever so slowly, the big black eyes blinked. A scream caught in Charlie's throat. He took a step backward, and as he did, his eyes fell on the lanyard around the thing's neck. The badge dangling from the lanyard read, in red and blue letters, U.S. Portal Service. The creature snarled, revealing row after row of sharp little teeth. Charlie's last thought was that Pete couldn't have been more wrong about the portal being Russian technology. Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Original music by Disco Volante. Sound production was by Andrew Cairns.